So yeah, there's a movie, but in Moon, we were just talking about it earlier. In Moon, there's a guy, Sam Rockwell, is a, he's a man that's at a station on the dark side of the moon. And this is in the future where they have discovered a, an, an ore in the moon that becomes a new en- energy source for the Earth. Yeah? So they have these giant, giant, like, uh, computerized uh, farms almost, and they have these huge machines to sort of mine the ore and everything like that, but they need one attendant to watch the whole, act, all the activities, make sure everything's going and stuff, right? And they have to make a five-year contract, so he's there by himself pretty much with a five on a five-year contract, and he's getting close to the end of the contract, and he has pictures of his wife and his kids, you know, his area, and he got all these little things that he was like a baseball player and all this stuff, all these mementos of life on Earth, and he also has, uh, he gets video calls, seemingly, but basically he doesn't have any contact with anyone, and there was an accident, something happens, and there was an accident, yeah, and he goes out to this, this one of the machines got destroyed, and it had run into a, a little, uh, one of the things he uses to drive around the farm to check out how things are going. And he goes in there, and there's a, a person in a spacesuit in there, and he tries to save them. They're still alive, and it's him, physically. Yeah, It looks just like him. So he brings it back to the, to the uh, station, and it's him, but he's got a different personality than he does, and he calls himself a different name, but it looks just like him. And he, they realize, and then th- the one guy says, hey, listen, I want to break the news to you. And he says, oh, yeah, I'm going to be going home. I don't want to hear anything that would disturb that. He says, you ain't going home, you know. And he says, come on down. They go down underneath this big room, underneath the uh, main area, and there's thousands of them there. There's all these clones, yeah. And that they, this company, this corporation, just uses clones to run the whole place. But for the clones to work best, they have to be given a story, yeah? So they have this whole life on Earth, and they got there. It's all programmed, and they're feeling exactly like that person and stuff like that. But now there's two of them. Both of them are live are on at the same time. And that obviously screws everything fucking up, right? There's two of them. And they both have totally different personalities, though. But they're the same clone, yeah? So here's the, here's the thing. There's a clone that that uh, thinks it's a person, yeah, has all these memories of being a person, lives as, as if it's a person, this person, and is now, is now confronted with the realization that it's a clone, yeah? But what holds the realization that it's a clone? The feeling of being a person, yeah? You're the clone. No, you're the clone. The whole thing is the clone, the, way, the only way he can get the realization or hold the realization of that he's a clone is he still feels like the person. Yeah, he can't. The knowledge of being a clone, which is totally thrust in his face, doesn't doesn't uh, disrupt the programming of feeling like being a person. Actually, it makes it more important because now he wants to get back to Earth to see his phony family and like this, and he's got this huge intention. You see, so here, like in Zen, they would say first there is a mountain, then there is no mountain, then there's the mountain again. So in a way, with this little invitation, so there's first there's a person, you know, and all, usually all the unique feelings are based on certain archetypes. You're the chooser, you're the doer, right? You're da, 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 all those things. But there's a sense of being, there's a programming, which I like to call selfing, that pro- produces a feeling of being a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. We didn't have it when we were babies. We grew into it, yes? The mental process had to develop, and then if 
the mental process is listened to a certain way, let's say if you want to call it in an ignorant way, it produces a sense of self. So here's, the, here's us, in a way, we're sort of like this clone, or this whatever, and we live and we feel and everything like this, and then we, something happens and you wake up to the fact that you're a clone, but you wake up to the fact and yet you're still in the format of being a person. Yeah? It doesn't change. It doesn't mean there's no more meaning given to anything anymore. There's no, like, preferences. Nothing like that happens ever again. They go on just like it says. First there is the mountain, then there is no mountain, then there's the mountain. Yeah? And actually you become, in a sense, more individual when you're not an individual. Yeah? More uniqueness in expression occurs. Yeah? So, the, and the thing is, no matter how much you say that you're not, you're holding it as if you are something. Yeah? And that feeling doesn't need to stop for you to understand you're not that. Because it's not going to stop. As long as you're alive, yeah, it's going to be activated. Yeah? And no matter how deeply you realize you're not that, it's still going to be activated. Yeah? And I find a lot of people believe that something's going to change super dramatically on the clone, I mean on the story of the clone, when we realize we're not the clone. But nothing actually happens, in a sense. Uh, And that's the beautiful news. Nothing actually changes, yet something lifts totally. And so, where you were taking yourself totally to be that story, now you're watching the show. It's much different. It doesn't mean the show stops. It continues on. Because it it never had anything to do with you. There wasn't a you that was making the story. Yeah? And therefore, when there's a realization there isn't a you, the story stops, there was never a you that was making the story. There was just the story. Yeah? It's just what's happening here. And that's the freedom. So you now have the sense of the source, but you're watching the show. Yeah? So like Jesus says, you're in this world, but you're not of this world. There's a little sense of relief, actually a great sense of relief, because this relief affects every moment of the show. It's not like you get a big chunk of relief and then it's for you to spend or to try to invest or try to, you know, like uh, put in a bank account. No, the only way you have it is by giving it away. Yeah. So it's in... This, this relief is relieving as you're traveling. It doesn't say the geography of one's life is going to change, but it's going to change how you travel over it, yeah? So if you're going to get fired, you may still get fired. If you're going to get divorced, you may still get divorced. And of course you can say, well, there's no one to get divorced. But divorce has happened here, yes? So let's just look at it that way. I mean, and it really worked while you were going through a divorce to say like a mantra, but there's no one going through the divorce. It fucking doesn't really work, does it? No. It just actually adds more weight to the situation. Because then the person, it's like when I first heard this invitation and my mind tried to use it as an advantage, you know, my girlfriend said, Paul, did you make that mess? And I said, there is no Paul. You know what I mean? And she'd go, what? There's no Paul to make a mess. And she'd say, fuck you, Paul. Clean up that mess. You know what I mean? That's it. It was much more direct. You know? So this, so this point is, first there is the mountain. Then you realize there is no mountain. Yeah? So first there seems to be the long-lasting, independent, separate entity called Paul. Then there's a hit that you're not that. And then it seems to be so again. Yeah? 
There's no argument. It isn't like first there is a mountain, then there is no mountain, and that's it. If there was no mountain, nothing would be happening. Yeah, For something to be happening, in a sense, you're engaged with that. You need to appear as you seem to be appearing for things to be happening. Yeah. So... So we were talking about it yesterday. So that's whatever you want to call it, the absolute or the awareness. But the absolute or the awareness has absolutely no value in and of itself. because It's all there is, yes? The only place where value can be expressed is where something can seem to be absent. So if something can seem to be absent, then its appearance would be valuable, yeah? So here where we can be unconscious to the fact that all there is is that absolute, yeah? When we can act all day as if that's not so then if you started to entertain the possibility that it was so, would be quite valuable. Yeah? Now the dilemma is, if we attempt to entertain it that it's so as a self, you know, as this long-lasting, independent, separate entity, the selfing is going to get more of the emphasis than the awareness. But when you go the other way and question, are you that long-lasting, independent, separate entity, then what happens is the awareness becomes very influential in this experience. Yeah? Very influential. That's what's, that's what expresses itself in a traveling layer. It's not you. This is just a vehicle of whatever is taking it over. So whatever gets in this vehicle is going to express its sort of nature. If this vehicle is dominated by a mental process called self-centeredness, you're going to see what it's like. You're going to probably have some vindictive streak. You're going to have resentments. You're going to have anxiety because you're constantly going to be reacting to what's not happening. You're going to be enslaved to a thought system that is drenched in time, that can't recognize that there's an okayness inherently right now, but it does recognize the possibility that you were once okay, and maybe you will be okay. But it's never that you're okay now, or that you once had an experience of peace, and you really hope you will have an experience of peace, but the peace isn't available now because there's too much of you there. And that you has too many requirements to accept or to access peace. Yeah, it has to be de- be determined by what you do to allow yourself to be enough, have enough merit so that you can enjoy peace. Well, peace is always available at all times. It's a quality of mind. It's a quality of mind when it's not agitated. It's not something that mind has to seek. It's a quality of the mind itself, the big mind. Yeah. So in other words, when there's a point where in selfing, selfing is just agitation. See it, yeah? Watch your head all day. What is it doing all day? It's, there's a desire to become something or unbecome something it thinks it is. Yeah? That's what selfing is. Selfing is a mental process that is actually the first desire. Its desire is to become something it can never be. It wants to become a special, long-lasting, independent, separate entity when it's the wholeness of all. Yeah? It wants to appear to be something small and special instead of something huge and, and unseen. Yeah? So here it is, selfing, desire to become. And then it goes this little other opposite way, which is desire to unbecome. To unbecome what it thinks it already is. The first thing is, it can't be anything, and then it doubles up on that by trying to not be something it can't be. So you can't be a loser. Yeah? You can't be a loser, but now a lot of us are trying to unbecome or trying to not become a loser. Yeah? 
And yet, the whole solution is you cannot possibly be a loser. So here's the desire of the selfing. It wants to become, and then it wants to unbecome. Become and unbecome. It can never be fulfilled. The desire will never become completed. It can never have that crescendo. It can never hit that climax. And therefore, it's a thwarted desire, yes? That spawns all the other addictions. All the other addictions are addictions trying to get relief from the first one. Every time I shot drugs, I was trying to get out of self. Yeah, That's the whole drive, was trying to get out of what I truly believe. You can't be more in something than think you are that something. Yeah, If the experience of being in self seems so strong, it's because we went way past the point of being in anything. We're identified as it. Yeah, So that in goes wherever we go. There's really no escape from it, because self can't get out of self. Yeah? So a product of a mental process can never leave the process that makes it. Yeah, You can never transcend an imaginary place. So here, desire to become and unbecome. Desire to become and unbecome. What does it do? It produces agitation, yes? Agitation, agitation, agitation. Your mind, one of its nature is to reflect, it's sitting there watching this agitation, and the agitation, so instead of, being, instead of having a surface that when it's calm could, could reflect the incredible vast sky and all the clouds in it, all you see is the agitation on the surface, the selfing, yeah? So your ability to reflect, which is how you enjoy peace of mind, which is how you comprehend the word centered, serenity and no peace, that, uh, that ability has now been totally compromised by your addiction to the idea of being that which is the cause of the agitation. You, yeah? Jeez, it's unbelievable. <laughs> and then it provides, the problem provides tons of solutions to it, yet they never seem to work, do they? So what would happen if there's a problem and you realized it was imaginary, yeah? So the solution to it was to realize it was imaginary, yes? Would there even be a solution then? If the problem is truly imaginary from the point of view of the solution, yes? True imaginary. So in other words, here's the problem. You know, I'm upset, I'm irritable, restless, discontent. My mind is consumed about thoughts, about what's not happening. I don't seem to be able to, like... uh, uh, be available to unconditional love. I always be a, seem to be a step ahead or behind the moment I seem to be in. Yes, all of this activity. That's the problem. Now, from the solution's point of view, it's imaginary. Yeah? As soon as you realize it's imaginary, you know what goes? Not just the problem, but the solution. There's no need for a solution. That's the solution. <laughs> That's how that takes absolutely no time. And if there is no solution, you break the fucking chain of problem, solution, problem, solution, problem, solution. You cut it. You don't cut it at the solution point. You cut it at the problem point. The problem is imaginary. Therefore, there is no need for a solution. That's the solution. You can't... The best way to get out of something is realize you're not in it. It takes absolutely no time. None. If you are in something, it's going to take time to get out of it, yes? But if you're not in it, how much time does it take to get out of it? None. Just like if you watch your mind, where does most of your anxiety is coming from? I'm not, there's not, it's not fear, it's mental anxiety, yeah? It's mental anxiety because the mind is occupied about things that are not happening. Yeah? 
Let's say it's projecting next week you're going to have cancer. You don't have cancer right now, but it's worried that it's going to have cancer. Yes? And so when you're worrying about, when the mind's worrying about that, and you believe you're the thinker of that, therefore your attention goes to that object of worry, it downloads an effect now in your body condition. Yeah? It has such a power that you can be in a lovely place and you won't be able to respond to the loveliness of the place because you're reacting to a mental place that's actually not happening. Yeah? So what would happen if someone came into your office and you were a new type of therapist, like a not ha- what's not happening therapist, yeah? So the person comes in and they're going to, you have an hour, hour, you know, hour for the event, and they come in and they start talking about all their troubles and they're not actually happening. You don't see them, you know, where are they? They can't bring them in and show you, yeah? And, that's, and your answer would be, hey, they're not happening. And that would be the end of the session. What more would you need to do about something that's not happening. Nothing, yes? Exactly. This is the beauty of it. The solution always has a timeless quality to it. It's not based on a process. It's based on a revelation, yeah? Not of time, but from timelessness. And then you're left here every time, every moment. You're, you're here before the sitting down. There's nowhere, there's absolutely how there could... It's like we talk about it, it's like you've met a gunslinger you can never beat. But it's already got you drawn. You can't beat what's already here. Because no matter how you're feeling about you, you're an arrival. You were produced by a process, a mental process that took time. What's already available has or is way past the point of ever arriving. It's here, and you can never beat it. Yeah, just like Buddha said. He said, "When you see, see. Yeah, when you hear, hear. When you feel, feel. When you taste, taste. When you touch, touch. Simple conscious contact. Yeah." When you see, see, when you hear, hear, when you feel, feel, when you taste, taste, when you touch, touch. What does the mental process do with that? It claims the conscious contact, and now the seeing is seer and seen. Yeah? The emphasis isn't on the hearing, it's on hearer and her. The emphasis isn't on the feeling, it's on the feeler and the felt. Yes? So, what's one, just one event becomes a three, a trinity. There's the subject and the object and the verb that connects them. The verb is, is consciousness. Yeah? The mental interpretation adds the subject and the object. If you stripped every one of those events down, the bare raw data would be there with seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching. The mental interpretation adds the subject and object. That's why we start talking about one, but two-ness will never be able to fit into one. It's too big. Yeah? It's questioning, is there two? Is there seeing or is there a seer? And yet the seeing can never be seen. Yeah? What's hearing can never be heard. What's hearing can never be heard. What's feeling can never be felt. Yeah. What's smelling can never be smelled. Yeah. 
You're so close to what you are, it can never be, it, there can never be space between you and you for you to have an experience of it. Yeah. This isn't about having a better experience. This is about what would, will influence all your experiences. Yeah. It's not about having an experience of the truth, because you can't. You are the truth. But then the truth can infuse that, its own knowledge in the way you experience everything. So instead of having an experience, a new attitude and outlook will occur. Yeah. then you leave the idea of having to know and then you're in that sort of workable state of I don't know and what happens is you find out and that's the only way you can ever quote unquote know you is by finding out as it's expressing through this possibility then you find out what it is you get an intimation yeah for me the greatest intimation is to recognize what you're not and it's the seeing of what you're not that I, that's what I believe I am I am the seeing of what I'm not. Therefore, I am, every moment of this life that I seem to be in, will be demonstrating itself through the seeing, the hearing, the feeling, the tasting, the touching. Every freaking moment, it's living this life. My mind has an interpretation of life that misses every freaking moment. Because it's not so. Yeah? Your idea of who you are is not so. It cannot appear in this moment. It can only be remembered in this moment. So we, we are in the process, our mind, the conditional mind, is in the process of remembering you all day. So when there's an experience here, it refers to a past experience where you were, that you had. And then when you're worrying about something, you're worrying about what, how something is going to happen to you in the future. So, by the thought system thinks of the future, it uses that to remember you. It thinks about the past, it uses that to remember you. It can only do all that thinking now, but it's enough to block you from recognizing what's here, which is your inherent absence as a person. Yeah. That's the presence. The presence is in correlation with your absence. And I believe your absence is inherently so. There's nothing you did to make yourself absent. It's absent. (laughs) Our mind does a lot to make it seem present, (laughs) but there's nothing it needs to do to make it seem absent. So therefore, if the presence, in a sense, is based on your absent, then it's always present. (laughs) Because you're inherently absent. Catch you with your pants down. I swear to God, it is. You can't. The mind is too slow. It really is. It can't even go close to what's already so. (laughs) So for me, selfing is just that. It's a verb. Yeah mental process. 
the mental process produces a sense of it now. You didn't have it when you were first born here or when birth happened, yeah? They say it starts formulating around 18 months. So it is a process, something that the mind grew into, yeah? And then, so, but when the selfing produces the product, when the product is produced, it feels like it's doing the selfing, yeah? That's the trickiness of it, yeah? So something's producing the feeling of Paul, but when the feeling is produced, Paul thinks it's doing it. Yeah? Or it's being done to Paul. So it, it's, a, it's a product of a process, but when it fulfills its product, it feels like it was the historical thing before the process. <laughs> That's what it does with consciousness and everything else like that. Instead of recognizing us, just the consciousness, it says, I'm conscious. I'm the one who's conscious. As soon as it's you that's conscious, then it can play with consciousness. It can say, I can become more conscious or less conscious, all based on what I do. So you become the most relevant factor of this world. Yeah, Everything, knowing God is never on God's side, it's always on your side, right? And so you always know God. Oh, I didn't, oh, now I feel like I want to know God, then suddenly you start thinking you're knowing God. I mean, if God was that powerful, I think his knowing would override you, right? You would have to feel a sense of something that was so powerful. But we play the bigger God here. Yeah? And then, like Ramana Maharshi says, to know God is to be God. What does our mental condition do? It says to know God is to be a knower of God. Isn't it? To know God is to be a knower of God. Ramana says to know God is to be God. Much different. Yeah? The knowledge has already completed it. You don't have to value knowledge. It's done its job. To know God is to be God. Well, like the Zen master Dogen said, to study Buddhism is to study the self. To study the self is to forget the self. Yeah? St. Francis says the same thing. It's self-forgetting, then something happens. Yeah? Why? Because we're remembering it. Yeah? The self is being remembered. That's why when you forget it, it works. Yeah? It's like the antidote, the perfect antidote to the one movement, which is remembering, is forgetting. Yeah. How can you forget something? Well, if you don't if you don't take it to be you, you'll probably lose interest in it, won't you? Like if someone comes to your house and starts complaining about what's not happening, how long are you going to listen to it? You're bored in about 30 seconds, right? Like, oh, I think this is good. I think my boyfriend's going to leave me. Has has he left you? No, but I got a feeling he's going to leave me. You'd rather do laundry, right? Yeah, the same activity in your head held is about you. You're just entranced by it, aren't you? Is it, the, is it the thought that gets your attention, or is it the my of it? Does the thought have the power over you, or is it your power that's being distributed to the thought through the my? Yeah. Is it the thought? If you can have a thought, and the same thought can go through my head and yet provoke different effects. Yeah. If I had the thought going through my head, holding it as yours, it would have no influence on me. When it's held as mine, it has a huge ability to influence this experience. Yeah. So is it the thought or is it the mind? It's the mind, exactly. Like, Saint, like in The Course of Miracles, it says, you and I give everything all the meaning it has. That's what's happening here. You and I are giving everything all the meaning it has. So we believe things have their own inherent meaning, but in fact, we're giving them the meaning, we forget we're giving them the meaning, and then we find them as the meaning we gave them. Yeah? And then that meaning has the power to affect us. 
So a thought, which is just a thought, held as yours, can ruin your whole freaking day. Eh? You can have a beautiful day going, and then you, you get suspicious. Will this last? And there it goes. Yeah. Or, you know, the girl, oh, she's, I love her. I never saw that mole before. Oh, fuck, that's, that's a, that ruins that thing right there. You know? See it. Now the thoughts, if their nature is to come and go, you don't know where they come from, you don't see them where they go, yeah? If that nature is to come and go, we've sort of affected that nature by claiming them. And then they're put into an orbit, yeah? And they're put it, they go, they orbit this idea of being a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. They be, they're there to reinforce the idea of being a self, yeah? So the thought system, if you're listening to it, it pictures you as a body, when it thinks about you in the future, it pictures you as a body, yes? When it thinks about what happened to you in the past, you're pictured as a body. So the thought system presents you as a body. And then it thinks about you as a body somewhere else at some other time. <coughs> That's how it remembers you, yeah? You're not here now, so you have to be remembered. What's here doesn't need to be remembered. That's why there's no need to remember the truth. It's already here. There's no need to con- try to conjure it up. It's already so. But what's not so needs to be remembered. Yeah? I speak like this because I don't want to know about the truth. I want to know what's the veil between me and the truth. Yeah? I don't care how great and deep the blissful ocean is if I can't even get like a, you know, a towel to go there. I want to know if I don't want to know the, all about the ocean if there's a sense of being a wave. I rather question the wave sense, yeah? Because if I believe I'm a wave, I'm put in a position of wanting to know the ocean or having an experience of the ocean, yeah? Or, or studying the ocean, yeah? But I'll never be the ocean in that state because what will always be emphasized is that I'm a wave. <coughs> but if I'm not a wave, what am I? The ocean, yeah? Doesn't take the wave doesn't tra- have to transform its waveness into the oceanness. It just realized the waveness isn't so. That's the ocean. Did it take any time? No. It takes time to reinforce the the being the wave. That's what needs to be constantly glued and and allowed to a, a, apply to this idea all day. That's why the thought system has seventy thousand thoughts a day. How many, day, how many thoughts did it take to get here tonight? Yeah? Twelve, let's say. For me, I'm a house painter. It takes me usually like 15 thoughts a day to work. And I'm never surprised. There's usually four walls and a ceiling. And it's not, I'm not surprised by the, by the project. It's just sort of like that. Then I know where to go to get lunch. And then basically, what are the 69,985 other thoughts doing all day? Yeah? What are they doing? Are they serving me? They're serving something. Yeah? So let's say here, there's a bottle. Yeah? Everyone sees it as a bottle, right? Now let's change it just by going, my bottle. Yeah? So now it's implying that there's an owner of the bottle. Thoughts. Yeah? Not just thought, my thought. Now it's implying that there's a thinker of the thought. Yeah? Feeling. Yeah? My feeling. Now it's implying there's a feeler of the feeling. Yes? This is the bondage of self. This is what's happening all day. (coughs) Everything conscious contact brings about, the mental process is claiming, 
and it's putting a little bit of a bend on it. It's saying, everything is pointing to you, Paul. You're the doer, you're the haver, you're the chooser, you're the mover, you're the shaker, you're the alpha, you're the omega. Yeah? It's reinforced by an incredible, incessant thought system. Everything always implying or insinuating <laughs> or inferring that there's a you. Yeah? And then you have beliefs about that phantom you, or bad you, or whatever. Yeah? But the, it can never produce that, that which it's pointing to. The mind does the rest. The mind leaps from the pointer to the pointed. Yeah? This is the, this is the trance. The mind takes all this suggestion and then fills in the, the, the blank. Yeah? Thinking, 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 I'm, there must be a thinker. Yeah? Doing, 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 there must be a doer. Feeling, 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 there must be a feeler. Yeah? And then it supplies that feeler, that thinker, and that doer. And if you see that, and you keep seeing that what you feel to be you is a product, then that information, that knowledge distills into one thing. I'm not that. Yeah? Then you still see all the pointing, but the leap of the mind doesn't occur. You don't make the leap to what is pointed at, because there's nothing there. Yeah? There's just pointing. And in fact, all the while, it has been pointing at you, because you are the seeing of that pointing. Yeah? It has been correctly pointing, because everything is pointing at you, but you are the seeing of the pointing. You're not the seer, you're the seeing. Yeah? Your nature is more of a verb than it is of a noun. So what happens? It could take once, could take hundreds of times. It doesn't matter, because when it finally settles, there won't be much quality of time. You won't think, I wish I would have had this happen earlier, or I was longing for this for so long. All those stories get blown like the dust. They don't matter anymore, (laughs) because you realize the reality of the timelessness of things, or of no thing. So you didn't miss the boat, you haven't been late. Because you being late would always have to have something to do with what you did, wouldn't it? If I would have just stared at the guru a little longer, I could if I, I broke my gaze if another thirty seconds, I would have been there. I had a guy come to this place, he's, he was at this thing and they had him stand for seventeen minutes like this, and they said, If you stand for seventeen minutes, something's gonna happen. So he stood there for seventeen minutes and something, nothing really happened. So he asked me, Well, what should I have done? I said, You should have stood for eighteen minutes. <laughs> That's always the answer. The more would have been better. You know what I mean? Instead of realize what was standing was what you were looking for. <laughs> like St. Francis beautifully says, what's looking is what you're looking for. What's looking is what you're looking for. It doesn't say who's looking. It says what's looking. What's looking or what is what you're looking for. It's so beautiful. You mean on, when I'm at the retreat? No. Right now. When you were thinking about, you know, stealing that thing at the store, yep, that's what was looking. Yeah? What's looking is what you're looking for. Why are we blind to that? Great teacher Huang Po says you can't use the Buddha to seek the Buddha. You can't use the mind to seek the mind. You can do it for eons and there'll be absolutely no results. 
He's not talking about a week in Toronto. Eons. Eons. Eons of using the mind to seek the mind. Nothing will happen. To using the Buddha to seek the Buddha. Nothing will happen. To use light to seek light. Nothing will happen. So what happened with me, in a sense, selfing. This lady, was uh, there was a meeting going on in this other room, let's say, yeah? And I wanted to know her bi- biblically, you know? I was thinking I'd marry her. I haven't even talked to her, but I have great plans for me and her. So, of course, my mind is very interested in her, because she's my savior of the day, really, you know, like my fairy princess and stuff, whatever. And so I'm supposed to be doing a talk, but my attention and interest keeps going. This is much more important to hear what she has to say, because I want to see if she says, hey, I like that guy, Paul, so I could go and ask her out, you know? I'm not going to go ask her out without having, you know, a hedge on the bet. I want to make sure I don't get rejected. That's really, that's like death. No. So here I am. So people are saying, hey, Paul, Mr. Paul, you should be paying attention to us. This is what's happening, and this is about it. Yeah, and I, I'd be agreeing with them, but I really couldn't help myself, yeah? Because I don't control the attention and interest. I don't, they don't, you know, follow what, when I whistle for them. They don't come back. So then someone comes by the desk and throws me a book and says, how to lose a conversation, how to lose interest in a conversation in another room. So I read, read the chapter headings. I go, oh, yeah, I like this. But it doesn't really work. My, I'm still in it because that means a lot to me. Then suddenly she starts talking and she says, I really like that guy, Matt. Yeah? Now, my name is Paul. What happens? Do I have to take a three-month course of how to lose interest in that conversation? <laughs> I lose interest immediately. Why? It's not about me. It's the same thing that happens up here. You will lose interest in the thought system that's producing the sense of self when that system that's producing the sense of self isn't being given your energy to keep the production value up, yes, there'll be less of a feeling of being a self and there'll be more a sense of the presence of what you really are. Yeah? It's all about the interest and attention. Yet, if you studied two years how to get out of self, that could be construed as obsession with self. So it's a tricky thing. You can't use self to get out of self. But if you start entertaining, you may not be that, and you lose interest in it, you will realize there's no need to get out of it because you're not in it. Yes? And because you've never been in it, that that sense of being out of it can stabilize, I mean stabilize, not be based on circumstances and situations, or how you feel that day, or whatever you read, but it will be the basic fact of your experience here, yeah? Then the immunity builds. You, I'm not that. Yeah. And it doesn't mean once you see I'm not that, that you turn now to find what you are. That's duality. You stop at I'm not that. And then that's that. And then, right then, you're in a need to know, or a fight, or an I don't know, and you find out. You find out by its expressing through you and others, and you start seeing its hand in situations where you didn't see it before. Yeah? And you sense the presence that you were seeking so terribly hard to get. You sense it. Yeah? It's right where you are at all times with no requirement necessary to meet it. You're so past the point of meeting it, you are it. Yeah? 
You don't need any formalities or any preparation. It's 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 so so that you can't even get it that it's so. You're too late on the draw. So that's how we presented it. That's how it's that's how it works for me. It doesn't work for me to hear about all the glories of the blissful ocean of love and compassion. It doesn't work for me. What works for me is to be, is to, because I don't believe you can teach what you are. I believe you can teach what you're not. Yeah? I can, I believe you can be a very clear teacher on what you're not. And by describing what you're not, someone, it may register to them, hey, I may not be that. That's it. As soon as you realize you're not that, the next thing you can entertain, hey, I can be free of it. Yeah? I don't have to wait for it to come along. I don't have to try to convince it it's a good idea. I don't have to read tons of books for it to get some fucking understanding. I can leave it, and when it starts singing its little siren songs, because it's not about me, I don't look back. A radical freedom. Yeah? But how can you entertain being free from something that you're identified as? It's impossible. All you can entertain is to, to become free as that. But it's a more of a free from it. Yeah? It's like we said yesterday, you know, you're on square. When you have a feeling of being a Paul or a Steve, you're like on square four, yeah? There's been a production in time. Now, you, didn't, you, weren't, at the, you weren't aware of the t- at the first point of the production. So you're, up, you're down at square four, yeah? So you're on a little bit of a time lag. So what happens is a moment occurs, the mental process takes a while to claim it. By the time it claims it, it's seemingly the next moment, yeah? And so on and so forth. It's always like a day late, you know what I mean? And therefore, it gives you an interpretation of what it thinks happened, okay? So here you are. Going on like this, yeah? The selfing's going on and on. If you, you're at, basically, you have a feeling of being Paul, that you're the doer, you're the haver, you're the chooser, you've done some really nice things, you've done some terrible things in your life. And that's the feeling you begin it, but it's not the beginning, this is like a like the fourth step of the process. If anything happens to jar you into a moment of clarity, let's say you get hit over the head on the fourth step of the fourth square, what occurs is you immediately sense being the, on the zero square, right? And then let's say you're at the eighth square and you have an incredible spiritual moment and you get whacked and there's the disintegration of the belief in the eighth square and where do you find yourself? The zero square. Then maybe something happens at the 23rd square and the whole seemingly reality of the 23rd square breaks down, and where do you find yourself? The zero square. How many more squares do you have to go to to realize there's only the zero square? There isn't a fourth square or a 12th square or a 15th square. There's always the zero square. Every time you get relief from any of the squares, the relief has to do with the zero square. Yeah? Now, you may want to keep thinking it could be different, so you got to get to the 83rd square or the 200th square, but you may want to save some time and realize, hey, I've had it happen about 12 squares. I don't think there are 12 squares. I don't think all there is is the zero square, and everything else is an appearance of another game board square. Yeah? 
Now it doesn't mean I'm not going to play the game, but I'm going to ha- I'm going to be rooted in the reality of the zero square, which is going to allow the game to seem much lighter. Yes, I'm not going to give you the burden of being a savior for me. You're not going to need to save me, you know, if you go out with me one night. <laughs> Find out. Pardon me? Find out. Because there's no rope answer. There's no formality. There's no way. This isn't a this isn't a path that illuminates. This illuminates whatever path you're on. This isn't a path that illuminates. This illuminates whatever path you're on. But how it illuminates it isn't that you know anything, but you find out. Yeah? The drive to know is more of a mental idea of knowledge. There's another aspect of mind that in like the high form of mind that Zen talks about, they say the highest form of mind is I don't know. Yeah? That I don't know puts you in a position of finding out. That's another form of knowledge that I believe brings about a much more convincing value. Yeah. So for me to give you an answer how I would do it, it would be different every day. Yeah? Just like if I did a talk on a scripture, it would be a different the next day. Almost everything that scripture would kick up in me would be different than the one, what it kicked up with me the day before. Though it's the same scripture. Yeah? Um, part of my question is also, if you're discounting past experience and kind of projecting forward, there's only now. Again, that's kind of a completely different framework from what I'm used to living yeah. in, where my past experience is something I'm supposed to learn from in order to make proper decisions for the future. We're not saying to scout the past experience. We're just discounting that there was anyone experiencing it. Mm-hmm. It's much different. You can learn here. Yeah? Mm-hmm. It's valuable here to learn. Like I, When you make a mistake, you're able to be corrected. Yeah, But was there someone who made the mistake? That's the question. I don't believe that, yeah? That's not my feeling anymore, you know? So it's not like, we're not disregarding experience, we're just questioning, was there an experiencer? Because that sense of being an experiencer has drenched every experience with a lot of meaning, a lot of freaking meaning, yes? Self, most of us have a format of mind that we're living under, which is self-centeredness, yeah? So mostly everything that happens with us, we see how, how it pertains to us. It's, it's almost very difficult not to have it that way, yeah? Because the, since the system is called self-centeredness. So the whole system is based on self, yeah? The feeling of being a long-lasting, independent, separate entity, 
with all those qualities like being a chooser and a doer and stuff like that. Okay. Now, self-centeredness. We're already questioning the idea of self in that system. Yeah. We're not questioning past experiences or future experiences. We're experienced. We're questioning who was the experiencer of it because selfing downloads tons of meaning through the idea of being a self. Yeah. So when you meet, when conscious contact happens and a thought is seen, then the mental process claims the thought as yours. That's like a bridge for a lot of conditional ideas to drop in, yeah, and get injected into that thought or that activity or that feeling or that person, yeah. You know how it happens when you see someone. Do you actually see them, or you do you see the someone that you are picturing? Yes. So the selfing, we have been living under a formatted way of life, an interpretation based on a thought system, yeah? self-centeredness, with the idea of being a center called Paul. Yes? So that Paul, when, let's say you have a girlfriend, you're having a really nice time with her, and then one night it, it happens in your head now, she becomes your girlfriend. Yeah? So now she's my girlfriend. Suddenly, with the... With the uh, when the my arises, I think I have the right to look into her emails to see who my girlfriend is contacting. Yeah, I may think that it's all right to park in front of her house at two in the morning and make sure I know who's coming to visit my girlfriend. Yeah, the my is the transfer of freaking meaning. Just like simply here, you put money here, you put sex here, and you put health here. Yeah, everyone would, it would generate a meaning when you saw those words. Let's change the weight of those meaning, those words. My money, my sex, my health. Much different, isn't it? Exactly. This whole place is an experience of meaning. Yeah. Selfing the, downloads tons of heavy meaning to things over the bridge of my. So a thought is just a thought until it becomes your thought. Then it becomes a whole other beast. A problem is just a problem until it becomes your problem. Then it becomes a whole other beast. Yeah? A feeling is just a feeling until it becomes your feeling. Then it creates a whole other beast. Yeah? This whole thing in selfing, it's the selfing allows a system of thought and interpretation to download tons of meaning that are painting and tinting our picture of life. It's like Life is presenting all these colors, and every time we see it, we splash a big tint of yellow on everything. Yeah, Everything is seen through a distorted lens of self-centeredness. We're not getting a good picture of what's happening. Yeah, We're just saying, if you're not that self, that yellow could be extracted. Not by you, because there's no you to try to extract it. But by extracting the you the yellow will go away. Not that you're going to extract it or wash it off or change the you of it or the color, but by by (coughs) extracting the you, then the tint will be changed. Yeah? So don't... Learn from experiences. Just because there... There's a lot of confusion, I find, with the idea of being you. There never was a you. So all the activities your mind was doing about the past, it will continue probably to do about the past. But because there was a you giving it so much tons of meaning, you were bonded to those old ideas. Now that there isn't a you, you can actually learn from them. Yeah. It's just a simple... It's not adding anything to anything. It's just sort of questioning 
what seems to add a lot to everything. <laughs> Maybe if we could just sort of see what's adding a lot to everything, it's not us, it wouldn't have the opportunity to add so much to everything. And maybe we would surprise ourselves in our next relationship. Maybe we surprise ourselves how we go to the next uh, job interview. Maybe we surprise ourselves constantly when actual compassion would flow through or something. Yes? Because we weren't out so much up the ass of self all day. We'd be able to attend to others maybe. Yeah. Maybe have some kind of engagement, hold some kind of space, actually sense the presence of a seemingly other person for once. <laughs> you won't believe what happens, and the beautiful thing is you can't believe it, you'll find out. This whole form of knowledge is based on alertness. The I don't know is a very nice way of staying alert. You're alert, and then you find out, and then that finding out has an incredible ability to convince one of something, or of nothing, really. And then it, you get rooted, and there you have enough stability that you have immunity to the slings and arrows of your mental movement of close and far, yes and no, connected and disconnected. You just don't buy it anymore. So when it tells me, I did this and this and this to feel really connected, it's going to probably tell me, well, if you don't keep doing this and this and this, you'll be disconnected. And so you've now made a disconnection that's impossible a reality by trying so hard to be connected. Just like here, everyone's trying to get into the moment. What would you happen to you if you realized you can't be out of a moment? Would you buy the second edition of How to Really Get Into the Moment, called How to Really, Really, Really Get Into the Moment? Obviously, you would have no interest in buying a book of How to Get Into the Moment because you have a realization I can't be out of a moment. Yeah? The same way where a lot of us are trying to get out of what we call a self, but what would happen is if you realize you can't be in a self. If you, if you realize you can't be in a self, you'll see that everyone trying to get out of self is a form of being in self. It'll be as clear as day. You'll see all the attempts, no matter how noble or traditionally laden they are, they're all forms of, tri- uh, forms of being in self. The, it, the in doesn't negate the out. That there is no in negates the out. The out isn't the way you get, you know, the in isn't, isn't what you escape from and then call it out. Yeah? The escape is there is no in. You cut the in and out, the yes and no, the close and far, the connected and disconnected. All the attributes the mind can play, like John Coltrane would play a saxophone. You're really getting close. You ever know when you were kids, you play that game, the adult, sometimes they were sadistic, you supposedly hit something in the bushes, and they, they play hot and cold, and then you're walking around, they're going, you're getting warmer, and you're really excited, you're getting really hot, and then cold. What? How could that be really hot and cold? This is what your head's doing with, with its own nature. You're getting really close. Keep practicing. Keep pra- Oh! You looked at that person with lust. You're out. That's cold, bro. Get back. Purify more. Purify more. Come on. Come on. You're almost there. Oh! You blew it. You fucking missed the mark. There is, there is a freedom from the bondage of self. There is a, it's available. It's ava- available right where the bondage seems to be happening. It's right available all the time. Right where the mending of the bonding and the welding and the applying of the glue is seen to be occurring, underlying that is the context of the solution, the seeing of it all. Yeah? 
If you see just a little bit, that's the seeing of it all. One seeing it gives you the sense of all there is a seeing. You know? Don't limit the expansion of your own mind when it gets a free sample. Yeah? You can know the whole ocean by one drop, they used to always say. When you see one thing occur, there's a principle in it. That principle expands, that's a revelation. That revelation expands, that's a realization. That realization expands, that's a state. It's the mind and mind alone that does it. Yeah? Yes, sorry, I didn't see. I was in a fugue there. I just, <laughs> yeah. I'm just wondering, I've been trying to figure out how to ask these questions, so I'm not sure I will have the right words because I think they're perfect in expressing this kind of thing. I wonder what is the origin of the impetus to self, or why is that seemingly our nature to get caught in this cycle of selfing? Well, I would say the origin can only be right now. So it doesn't have a long origin. <laughs> it's just a verb happening in the mind. And then the other stuff I don't know. I don't go there, you know. To me, I just look at uh, where the rubber meets the road. And my whole, my idea of enlightenment is just traveling lighter, you know. I believe if you had a sense of satisfaction, all your big dreams of like enlightenment and everything would be very, very diminished. Because what you're really looking for is the ease and comfort in your skin today. Seriously, that's what I believe. Because that's what happened with me. As soon as this sense started to become dominant, the need I was relieved from the need to be, be liberated. <laughs> I swear, the last thing I want to do is read spiritual stuff. I'd rather read like the sports page. It keeps me grounded. <laughs> well, that spiritual stuff, you can go fly off with it. But what is, it's like a physicist who knows, knows in reason that there is no world, yet he keeps yelling at his wife when he gets home. You know what I mean? I mean, you can have all this knowledge, but if it's not applicable, what the fuck is it doing? Yeah? So to me, the rubber meets the road. It's, it's all verbing. Yes? So if your freedom is of a verb, then you're freed. You're freeing all the time. Yeah? If you call it, if you want to stake a claim and say, I'm the one who's free, to me that's bondage. Seriously. Whoever that one is who's saying it, it's a form of bondage. Because it's trying to put a break on which not can be which cannot be broke on. That selfing, that verbing, that presence, all of it is verbing, yes. Yes, any hold yeah, and then um, you mentioned first the mountain. And then there's no mountain, and then there's a mountain. Um, when you're in the, there's no mountain. Um, like there's, you, you know, I've heard Eckhart Tolle talk about that he sat on the bench for six months. It kind of makes sense now, because it's kind of strange. Like there's nothing. And yeah. so why would you even do anything? Like yeah. it's nothing. Yeah. So it's like a, it's like um, it's gotten very slow, and yet not. Uh, it's it's hard to explain. But I guess is that the, no mountain, and then not, then you figure out there's a mountain. Well, there is no first. There is no mountain, right? First, yeah. there's the mountain. Well, right. you feel like you're a separate entity in this. Right. Mountain. And let's say we're just using a, that terminology may have been used for other 
points, but let's just say that. And then there is no mountain where there's a recognition yeah. that there's nothing going on and anything like that. And yet, then it slowly or quickly appears that the mountains are there again. Yeah? yeah. But now there's no argument with it anymore. Where there's a point where the first was there a mountain, maybe there was a drive to get rid of that mountain. And there's no mountain, and then you realize it's totally okay that there's a mountain. <laughs> well, how else is the no mountain going to express? <laughs> how is it going to express? I mean, everyone says, oh, yeah, awareness, everything, you know, there's no differences going on here, but that's not your experience, is it? If I put up like a if I put your foot in an herb bath that was 78 degrees and then I put you in super boiling water, there would be a difference, wouldn't it? For your experience, you know? I mean, so, <laughs> we talked about it yesterday, about the value. Why would everywhere always need, there's no value in awareness, in awareness itself. The value is where it may not seem to be so, Yeah? So in a place that awareness may not seem to be so, then the, the showing up of awareness is very valuable. Yeah? So it's in the expression is the joy, in a sense. Yes? So first there is no mountain, then there is... I mean, there first there's a mountain, then there is no mountain, but then there is a mountain again. Yeah. Something that you can't see... People believe that if they... They think, in a way that they had so much to do with everything, that if that you that they thought they were stopped, then everything would have to change. There has never been a you. There's just been selfing. Yeah? It's just like, it, it's just like the, your blood. How your blood's being pumped? Well, there's a mental process called selfing. It's part of this place. Yeah? Just like your heart's beating. You're not beating it, are you? Yeah? We always joke about it, like, let's say if I, oh, I got to leave early, I forgot to digest this burrito I had today. You know what I mean? It sounds funny. Yeah, I got to I gotta go on a digestion retreat. I've been not, you know, I haven't eaten anything in a while. You know, di- I got to go. You know, everyone's just going to sit around and digest, all right? All right, burrito, burrito, pizza. Oh, where's that? I, oh, ice cream, all right. Yeah, it sounds funny. But then we believe we're the thinker. But we can't even digest food. We can't, we're not pumping the blood. Well, the mental process called selfing is a mental process. It's happening here. It has a purpose, in a way, for this movie to continue. Yeah? Well, you're going through another phase, yeah. What seemed to be dominant isn't dominant much anymore. Yeah? So the movie has to shift, because the, all the movie's being projected from, from where you are. Yeah? If the dreamer changes, or the dreaming changes, the dream changes. Yes? The dream isn't changing the dreaming. The dreaming changes the dream. The dreamer, the one, the dream isn't changing the dreaming. Yes? You're dreamt. It's the mind that changes the dreamt. Yeah? So now things are slowing down because the expression is changing. But there was no you there that was speedy and there's no you that's slowing down. It's not even slowing down. It's like a, it's weird. It's like a stop. A stop. A pause. Yeah. Yeah. How long has it been going on? Um. I don't know. So what's is it scary? A little. Yeah. Sort of. Your mind's agitated and concerned. No. No. Mm-mm. But there's some over. There's an impending there's something. A, it's not scary. It's more like. 
Like I, I can understand now when Eckhart talks that he's I I just feel like sitting. Well, you've already succeeded. <laughs> <laughs> You're on the top of the mountain. Yeah. No, seriously. You are. You're sitting. Yeah. Thank you. Any the next one? Where's that other one? Yes. Behind the I'm name. just wondering, um, okay, I'm really confused. My brain likes to understand this stuff, and I am quite interested in it. From an intellectual point of view, I think I get it. And then I kind of get to the point where I say, okay, I want it. I bring it on, and nothing happens. So I'm asking, is, is this a decision, or is this no, grace? No, it's not a decision. So I can't just ask It's already this. been decided. It's already so. <laughs> you know what's the hardest thing I think for selfing is to is to meet its own irrelevance. Seriously, it always wants to write itself into the story, even the story about its absence. <laughs> it wants to play a major role. <laughs> that's what happens, and the system wants to know because that's the only way it knows is to know that in a certain way. That certain way can't embrace what already is. You don't won't be able to figure it out. You're never going to capture it. Any kind of knowing is like neutering it. You try to put it in glass. What it is, is like, it's nothing, and the mind, the only mind, the conditional mind's reaction to nothing is to make it something. Yeah? Once it makes it something, it thinks it can understand that and know it, but the life of the message is lost now. Now you've just got the, you've got the letter of the law, but you don't have the spirit of it. Yeah? I'm missing the spirit of it, but I, 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 I need some practical things answered, which is, which, it's, it's going to sound very selfish, but like, is over there, in that depersonalized place, is it more happy, peaceful, you know, is it a better place, or is it just the same thing, it's just now you just don't have identity? Sorry, I need to know these things. <laughs> well, I can, I hate to break the news to you. You're not going, <laughs> you know, because I can't. I don't know what your subjective experience is. Yeah, I can't compare it, and it doesn't matter to me that much. You know, why don't you just find out, entertain the possibility, see what happens. This isn't a draft or an inscription. You don't have to do it. There's no pressure whatsoever. Let this information, it's already in, you've been served the spiritual subpoena already, so my job's done. Let's see what happens, look it, you know? And then what you can do, go see someone else, if I'm here, go to another, let it repeat for a while, and see what occurs. Because we're so busy wanting to digest what's just been received. Let it cook a little, let it do its thing. And, you know, then it will download and you'll get some, and then maybe the knowledge that, how you'll feel will be more of a sense than like a conceptual understanding. You'll have a sense that maybe overall you start feeling you're traveling lighter or that your mind's content or whatever. Yeah, and follow that, those senses if you want. They'll tell you a lot more than any question will. My feeling, yeah. So to sit tight, don't worry. Well, this is your first time you've ever been here? I'm, uh, Calm like, down, chill out. I'm a high achiever. Have some, have some herbal tea. <laughs> some gluten-free cookies are there. You'll be all right. Join us. No one will bite you. It's a lovely space to explore. Really, it is. Satsang is the association with truth, yeah? You are the truth. And so I'm in association with you now, and vice versa, yeah? This has an incredible magnifying effect. Really, what doesn't seem obvious to us, can, when, to a you, can be obvious to the we. Yeah? 
The we is like a magnifying glass. It produces it produces an emphasis that may not be there by all you're looking. You just come in here, you feel a little disarmed, you have nice food, nice lighting, no one's threatening you. And in that moment, in that sense, something may be noticed that doesn't seem to be noticed throughout your day. Yeah? I would just let that be repeated. Yeah? Let that little sense, it's a loving touch, really. It's a lovely thing, satsang. It's very soothing. And let it happen for a while and see what, how it cooks out. Yeah? All our activities of trying to rush ahead and make sure we, the table is set and we know what's on offer and we know how many chews we need to chew to get the whole flavor of it. That's gonna, what the mind's gonna do. The mind is there, the conditional mind. It claims everything. Yeah? Like Trump or Rinpoche said, the first thing you need to know, it's like this first page of spiritual materialism says, First thing you need to know about the ego is that it takes advantage of everything it comes in contact with. It doesn't bring about the contact. Consciousness does. Consciousness brings about the contact, but the mental process claims what has been brought about by contact and interprets it. Yeah, That's the biggest hijack of all. That's the real thief in the night. Is conscious contact is the raw data of life the mental process makes its own interpretation to be the real thing. By constantly repeating it and reinforcing it and re- implying it and inferring it and assuming it over and over again. What so never has to speak a fucking word. It's always there at all times. Yeah? It doesn't need advertising. It delivers the goods. Yeah? It doesn't have to shout loud. But if you hear it, honor it. Definitely. Honor it. If you have something happens and you feel a little lighter tonight, honor that lighterness. Start pledging allegiance to that, in a sense, yeah? Instead of demonstrating our allegiance to the selfing all day, pledge allegiance to what's being revealed. No matter how small or slowly, the honoring of it will produce an enlargement in it. You are all there is. It's the mind and mind alone. The message isn't going to bring you anything. It's the mind that receives the message that brings whatever is brought about. It's not the, the it's not the words in the book that are jumping out and affecting you. It's the mind that's infusing them with fucking meaning. Yeah, the mind precedes all. The mind precedes everything and nothing. Yeah, have faith in it. The great old Zen treatise says, Faith Mind. If you ever get a chance to read it, they're all over the internet. Look up Faith Mind. It's the perfect description of the dualistic movement of conditional mind. And its answer is to shout out not to. Yeah? Not, there is no meanings called non-duality meanings. It's a negation. Not, non-duality means not to. It doesn't mean anything else. It's negating a huge meaning we've given things, which is a dualistic presentation. It doesn't have to have any meaning. That's its solution. Show me a non-duality meaning. You can't go to one. It doesn't exist. It's a negation of a, of a, a sense of duality. That's all it is. It's just pointing out that something isn't so. It's not pointing out that something else is so. It's just saying this isn't so. That's as, old, that's as far as you need to go. See what isn't so, and you are what's seeing what isn't so. And that is what's so. It's the seeing of it. Yeah. 
Own it. Feel it. It's more you than ever. It's not brought about by accruing value by things you've done and service. It's way beyond that. It's your own inherent worth. Yeah. Any more questions? I was just going to make a comment. Um, I like what you said about the terrain doesn't change. Just how we travel over the terrain. Yeah. And that feels right. Well, you see it. And what more would you want? If you seem to be destined to travel here, because there's time, right? And there's space, and things are changing and moving and constantly expanding and, and, and contracting and disappearing and appearing, it feels like a traveling, doesn't it? If you, someone could afford you the possibility, which that someone is you, that if just by a, a, a mere entertaining a possibility that you could travel lighter throughout the rest of your days... What more value could you possibly find here? Yeah. Literally. What more value could you possibly find? Something that would be applicable to whatever situation you're in because you're in it. That you would be, be, you would be bringing into the solution. The solution. Yeah? Yeah. And I noticed in my life, I have traveled in a sense, this experience, because I got a, has been a, a stabilized traveling lighter for quite a while. I mean, the, it's like the, it's like a good tree cannot bring forth bad fruit. You'll get a good idea of the tree by the fruit. Yeah, have your own experience and how you're sensing things. That's a pretty good indication what tree you're sitting under. Yeah, if you're sitting under the tree yourself, you're being shat on all day. <laughs> if you're sitting under this tree, you there's a sense of. Uh, <laughs> you're just a possibility of expression, really. You're no solid thing. I was a junkie, and then I could be a really nice person now. Was I even of them? No. I'm just a possibility here. When one aspect of mine seemed to have this possibility, I went to the depths of a fucking addictive hell. I lived in a pitiful, incomprehensible, demoralized state. That same possibility, when gotten dried from all that and was and was offered this solution or this message now feels quite light. And actually I become a benefit to my society and my community instead of being a parasite and a taker all the time. What happened? Did that change to this? There was neither this nor that. It's just a possibility that's here, now. Yeah. Surrender to the idea of self that faith that you have in self will produce anxiety all fucking day. You'll be worried about what's not happening. Yeah? That same faith, that same potential of mind put into another vehicle, let's say this centeredness, not self-centeredness, will produce an ease and comfort in your life. It's the same faith, same energy. It manifests here by the vehicle it's put in. This place is a place of manifestation, of expression. It's not... It's not dry and absolute and dead and it's over. It's happening. Yeah. It's like, that's like when you're on the pulse. You sense the beingness. You are that beingness. You're not a stable fucking mental noun. How could I be been that and now this? The only way is I was neither. It would have taken too long to change that into this. <laughs> I mean, way too long. How could it change from that into this? Because it did. 
Something was dominant, and then that seemed to be so. Something shifted, something else became dominant, and then this seems to be so. It's not because this and that, it's this. It's the mind. Yeah. Mind is seeking expression. What else is it doing here? Seeking expression. How one form does it seek expression through this? This possibility. Yeah. We're a meaning-giving machine. What better... What better machine to express itself through? What better machine could undifferentiated light express itself through than a machine that differentiates it? Yeah? What better way to light, to have a huge experience of itself, because it can't, because it's undifferentiated, yeah, all there is is light, that it moves through this little possibility and it gets differentiated. So now it's seeing itself as other all fucking day. <laughs> yeah? I mean, give me the glory of that. What movie project director could ever do that? One stage, billions of takes, and all from one light. <laughs> and zillions and zillions of reactions to those billions of takes, and so on and so on and so on. Yeah. Oh, I wonder if it could help me out tomorrow. Yes, I would imagine so. That, that mind, yes. <laughs> I think it would de- definitely throw a huge amount of influence into your life if you entertained it, yes. I would imagine so. <laughs> but what about when I go to work? Yes, I know. Every, the world starts after the word but, you know? People share, oh, it's so easy to feel the light here and this and that, but, and then the world begins. <laughs> Just stop before the but, you know? Oh, it's really easy to enjoy this space. Yeah, all right, stay like that. Don't, don't counteract it with but. It won't be easy to feel it when I'm at work. See? The mind's playing God again. That's what it does. How can... The only way you can lose and forget God is when God's playing God. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's it, I think. Yeah. Any more questions? No. I'm happy to see everybody. Thanks for coming today. It's a pleasure, isn't it, to get together? Yeah. Yeah. I really appreciate it. They always get treated really well in Toronto. And yet I'm always happy to leave. (laughs) (laughs) And yet I'm always happy to leave.